Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we are ready for another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry, the post-Oscars edition or post-slap edition of Movie Maniacs. A lot to get to. Um, we're going to run through the career of Bruce Willis later on, too, after the sad news uh, hearing uh, coming down the pike this last week about him having to take a step back and retire, basically, because of what he's going through mentally. We'll talk about that. We'll go through his illustrious career up until the schlock he started doing later on in life. Um, and now we understand maybe why he was starting to do movies just like that. Um, but before we get to any of that, we got to bring in Chuck Curry. Chuck, have you ever wanted to slap me in the face? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe once or twice. I got it. I got I got to tell you this week from the last show we did to this. Holy smoke. My yeah, lots. Talk there's a about. lot. Of, there's a lot of craziness. Well, let's start at the top and we'll get into the Oscars and Coda winning best picture and all that crap. But we really have to start with the slap heard around the world. And it really was pretty amazing how the country kind of unified and all decided on Monday morning to talk about their feelings on what exactly was going on with Will Smith in his head. Uh, what, you know, what, what, what happens to his career now? Um, we both agree and we were texting way out of line, huge monumental mistake as far as career wise. Uh, we heard oh, yeah. later on in the week too the Academy. He had to leave it. He, he resigned from the Academy question is now, does he get banned from the Academy? Um, also word came out that they asked him to leave and didn't want to leave. But the thing that struck me the most, Chuck, and yeah, the slap was awful and it was a terrible idea by him. And it was just the language just, was really bad. The too. language was bad, too. But what Real really bad. struck yeah. my nerve was the standing ovation he got after he wins the Academy Awards. Yeah, the hypocrisy, let, let defend, the hypocrisy let, that goes on in that in Hollywood, which is what been turning me off the last five years for that stupid award show anyway. And then they go ahead and turn around and actually praise this guy who basically made maybe one of the biggest mistakes on live television in the last 50 years. He did, but let's just let's just take this in content of if you were in that room. Nobody, when Will Smith sat down in that room, I don't think nobody looked at him as okay. This is a potential criminal element who could do something no, dangerous, no, right? right so right. it's not like a stranger you're sitting next to. But he was clearly unhinged on a subway car. He was. Here's the thing. Let me just preface. I think for the most part, the people in that room had to be in shock, right? Yes. Almost the word processing is a very powerful word in reflection. Like I think people still are processing, forget Hollywood, is processing human behavior, right? And that was a moment of human behavior, which is sort of hard to understand. I get, listen, we've all lost our temper. Some have gone more into rages than others, right? But in that room of Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, Robert De Niro. Yeah. You know, how do you do what he did? Like, it's just like just to go. Listen, the one thing about when you talk about like movie violence, because I've talked about this subject forever on my other radio show where people like, oh, it's it's it, it makes people do bad things. Movie violence. Actually, I think violence in art in general is simply because it's a feeling we all have. We all have violent thoughts. Am I wrong? No, not at all. I mean, I think people have in general, we have violent thoughts when we get angry, right? 
you say these, I want to hurt him. I want to, I want to, it, it, at least I think some people do. And I think it takes a certain whatever uh, snapping to cross that line and actually permeate violence on another person, right? He had to be, in my opinion, it was more than just that moment. Something was going on, yeah, stewing well, in his mind. I'll tell you what was going on. That moment, and that just was a breaking point why he did what he did. He's Not been emasculated. It, He's been I emasculated like- by his wife for the last two years on her podcast. And it, and it came to mm-hmm. fruition there. She's been cheating on him. That's another joke that was never told that probably would have rung a little more true than the, the you know, the what she the you know, the problem she does have. And it was basically yeah. he, looked, my he, business, laughed, though, but he laughed, looked over at her. She's he like, did. you're going to let this happen. And he all that pent up how you, you're not a man. You're not a man. You're not a man. Go be a man. And that's what happened. And he had to so get up and act on it was. That's exactly what you it think was. That's what it was. And, okay. and and the sad thing is, so that was male talk, male, male, male. What do they call that? Well, he was. What, he, what is that phrase? He toxicity, toxicity. He was right. He, right. he just flipped out and it's he not right. Out. It's not right. In the least, it's awful. He should no. have been thrown out. He should have been uh, exonerated from the, the academy. And he, he eventually sh- was. Now, I'm not in the but camp here- of. Taking his Oscar but away. Here's, uh, but, no, I'm not either. Can't do here's, that. Here's Harry, Harvey Weinstein still has his Oscar, so you're, you're not going to start I mean, doing I that. Think he won it for his work, and all right, uh, you can't take his Oscar. But here's the thing: if you're the producer, you're the producer. You're in this control room, right? And this happens. You're saying to yourself, "Is this really happening? Like it's surreal beyond belief." This right. is Will Smith. Like right. it's not like, hey, Will Smith slap Chris Rock, arrest him, throw it. Like I don't think real life works that way. Do you? No, but you? that's not real. It, it isn't. But here, it just shows the hypocrisy of how that Should award it? ceremony isn't yeah. real life. So the minute they start preaching at us, they can't. They lose all. They lose all credibility of preaching at us it's for Coda winning that. The, I, I'm not defending what. I'm not defending how it played out after he did it, but like they're stuck in a horrendous position. Like, do you arrest Will Smith during the Oscars? No, but uh, when there's a commercial, you tell him you got to get out and you don't put another you don't put another camera on him the rest of the night. If he happens to stay there and you know what? He wins the Academy Award. Whoever presents the award says, you know what? Uh, We will we'll we'll take this award uh, on behalf of Will Smith. He doesn't take the stage again uh, 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 that night. That's a good idea. I think I think if Amy Schumer had a spine at that moment, I'm not knocking or saying, well, I mean, yeah, or somebody, if, I think Billy Crystal, I think Billy Crystal would address that issue in a real, real way, in a really, and say, say, listen, like, time out, what just happened? What is going on? Even confront Will Smith, even yeah. the host confront Will Smith yeah. and say, like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Do you understand what you just did? Let alone the fact that this is a comedian telling jokes. So Amy Schumer went, uh, Wanda Sykes, these are stand-up comics that need to understand no one is ever allowed to get up on stage and slap someone for hitting somebody about a joke. And it wasn't even that harsh of a joke. Let's face it. It was, you know, uh, I understand the, the problem she has, but I mean, you've seen Don Rickles. We've seen Don Rickles. We've seen roasts. This is we've a, seen, we've seen Ricky play, Gervais. Right? If anybody had a I reason know. to punch Ricky Gervais in the face is Mel Gibson. He never did yeah, it. hundred percent. You know, no. it's no, just but, uncalled but, for. And, and, and the one thing it does show to me, Again, more than anything, it's the hypocrisy of that show, of that industry right now, and of the preachiness these 
these they all claim to have and they have to you should live this way you should do this thing and you should oh but meanwhile one of your own slaps someone on live television that's okay i got a question for you i i I, in all seriousness i sent you texts before i told you over the last few years the two greatest redemption stories on planet earth are negan and the walking dead and myself (laughs) right so uh, well I'm documented, seriously. your your uh, redemption story. I mean, everybody okay. knows so here, it. So, so here's the question. What do we do? Do we just put Will Smith on a cross and and then and and bang the nails in? Or what? How do we make this better as a culture? How do you uh, make this better? I, I don't know. I don't know. I did say though. Come on, I you got to think I, about it. I do predict him and Chris Rock will yeah. present best best uh, actor award next ceremony. I, I guarantee so. you, they're side by I side. Don't know. Yes. Unless, unless listen, it, I, I, I don't listen. I don't know who's giving Will Smith advice. Maybe they're saying, let listen. We know you talked about this in the text about the new cycle, right? New yeah. cycles don't last forever. No. This will go away. So his strategy, I would say to me, his strategy is really, you got to get Chris Rock in a room, right? You got to get Chris Rock in a room, make amends, then do an interview, do an act of contrition. I don't want to see Will Smith completely buried for the rest of his life. I mean, come on, we have to be, we can learn. There are learning lessons. He, he made a, he made a horrendous mistake and he did commit an act of violence. Hands down. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And the question I have, and I said to you, think about this. What if Will Smith missed with that slap? Chris Rock hits him back. He hit, and it becomes an out all and out brawl on stage. How pathetic would that have been? Yeah. That well, would have happened. You know, I don't know if you watched Bill Maher last night, but he told an interesting story that he talked to. Tell uh, me what he said. He, to- he so he was at an after party talking to a pretty a prominent African-American actor who said what yeah. if, he asked the guy, what if Chris Rock would have hit, hit him back? And the guy said there's no way he would have because he had a whole right, a, a whole race to stand up for. Because the last thing the, the black race needs to see right now are two prominent. I mean, prominent African-American actors on stage fighting. Mm-hmm. That is not would have been a bad scene. Oh, it would have been a bad scene. Chris Rock had that restraint. He actually gave him a lot of credit. Amazing. Yeah, because let's be honest. If somebody slapped you in the face that hard, well, you would hit him back, right? Yeah, you would at least do something. Yeah, I think the instinct, the instinct would be like, although it is amazing how well Chris Chris Rock handled that. It was amazing. And the producers of the Oscars were probably saying, thank you, Lord, Chris Rock did that because that would have been, it was obviously, I think it was the most embarrassing moment of all time in the Oscars. It was. And it, I didn't think it the was Oscars could hit a low. It was a pathetic scene. It was a pathetic scene. It, it, and it hit a new low. It did. And and it was almost like Chris, Lock, Chris Rock was trying to say to him, dude, I'm not going to say the jokes. And calm down. You're out of control. And, and it but just. But then, then the, lang- the language. Yeah. And you could watch the uncut version on YouTube, it was sad. That yeah, was, language was in yep. that room. That was bad. And Having I'm sorry said that, you know, this is not a this is not a man standing up for his wife. That was way out of line. I, I don't buy that at all. No, it was way out of line. Just something. That's why I want to hear Will Smith in an interview. Something else. But I don't know if he'll ever really completely give an honest assessment of his. So we're of his mind uh, to outside, at that moment. outside of that. Outside of that, we're supposed to. I got to, one more point about. But let me Oscars. ask you. One I'm going to ask point. you a question. Outside of that, we're just supposed to say Coda's better than Spider-Man. We're we're okay with that. Coda is the best picture of the entire year. That's what we're okay with. That. You this is me. what's wrong with this ceremony. 
It is by far not the best picture of the year. Might be the best cause of the year, the best movement you want to make for the year, but it is not the best picture of the year. And this is what's wrong time and time again with this Academy Awards. Tell me but I'm again, wrong. Again, it goes. No, you're not. But it goes down to the argument we made last week. Massive two hundred fifty million dollars studio popcorn movie for a small independent movie that nobody's seen in the mainstream. So, so you you're like you're you're you have. But you chuck to me and a plum, and you're saying which one is better. I, I understand that, but to me, them? when you when you select the best picture, that means from the yeah. key grip to the screenwriter to special effects to the act, everything that encapsulates a movie. That pick mm-hmm. that means best picture. Look, this might be a great cause. Had some good performances. I saw the movie. It's a it's a well told story. But when you encapsulate what movie magic is, there's no movie magic in Coda. It's a good movie. It's not the best picture for an entire calendar year. I'm sorry. And who's ever okay. voting for things like that, they are voting wrong and they're continually to voting wrong time and time again. Let me ask you another good point. Good. And I don't disagree with you. Here's the thing. A couple of years ago, when when Warren Beatty and Faye right. Dunaway came right. out and botched. The the best the second the second worst Hollywood moment in the last ten years probably yeah it was it was like cringeworthy right so they, didn't they read think the they hit a new low they, they hit a new low they 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 read Faye Dunaway read La La Land or what she thought and it was really Moonlight and they, it, what an embarrassment so whose idea listen I'm not whose idea was it to have Liza Minnelli come out in a wheelchair mentally not completely stable I don't get like, it. I don't understand. Like, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't, first of all, Liza Minnelli is a legend. Why have her come out like that? I, I don't second understand. Second of it. all, second of all, what if she read the, what if, who knows what popped in there? What if she read the wrong thing? Well, not only that, Chuck. That could happen again. I could also argue, why her? I mean, she's had a great career. Don't get me wrong. She's done some wonderful things on stage and in movies. Yeah. But is she this, mm-hmm. like, Everybody knows who she is and superstar uh, glory days of Hollywood. Actress? Probably not. No, I mean, I'm not sorry. Anymore. She's not. But my point, my point, listen, I'll get there. I'll probably get there to some point in my life, too. There's a difference between people remembering you, especially right. when you're an actress yeah. in your heyday, the way you look, the way you sang your magnetism versus a woman who's now aged in a wheelchair who's mentally not a hundred percent stable where you're confident what she's saying. Look, they've done this before. Be Chuck. You remember when, when James Cagney came out and, uh, uh, and all he did was come out and, 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 and wave. And get, they, yeah. It's and, not and, good. And it, but they didn't ask him to do anything more than that. Just come out, pay homage, walk off the stage. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Just don't give him any other responsibility, you know? I, and also, you're celebrating 50 years of The Godfather. I'm sorry. Where's Al Pacino? Where's Talia Shire? Where's Jimmy Kahn? Where's Robert Duvall? I, 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 I agree. You couldn't get him? I, I, I mean. Didn't ask? I, I don't understand. Where's Francis Ford freaking Coppola for crying out loud? 50 did years of one of the greatest movies of all you, time. Did you? Uh, did you? And I, I, I got to be honest. I go that telecast in as a whole when it started. Right. They had a Beyonce tape segment and it was just. Didn't feel right. No. Okay. They produce that Oscars like the Grammys. That's the truth. Having said that, at the halfway point, 
is started to work, in my opinion. It like got more and more interesting. Well, because the, the awards uh, meant more, they, and they started getting to good categories. Yeah, with bigger and, and so stars. I, I was, so I was overall fine with the telecast, but here, uh, you're here's crazy. the issue. It's a mess. No, it's, I, it's a mess. It and is, then you're going to cut out awards. I don't get to watch Hans Zimmer win a best composer award. Are you out of your yeah, freaking mind? Stupid. No, I, I, you're out. Right, I agree. Here's the thing. When they did the, 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 uh, the salute to bond, right? Mike, they showed Sean Connery, Daniel Craig, 90% of those clips. They barely showed Pierce Bronson. I think he had like a snippet. It's crazy. It's crazy who is alive and well and would have been great to have him come up on stage with Daniel Craig and do honor to uh, Sean Connery who passed away last year. It's just, I don't know who's producing these things. I don't know who they're producing it for. If they think there are 22 year old people watching well, this award ceremony well, that, that, with popcorn, they they're did. out of their minds. No, but that's, they, they said, okay, let's go to a younger audience. But the younger audience is not really the Oscars, right? No, like, you're, pre you're preaching to the wrong choir. It did do um, it did do. So I think the yeah, it rebounded. It six, rebounded. Yeah. Sixteen and a half million, which was up six million from the year before. Still the second lowest. Now think of this. The second lowest rated Oscar is 16.5 million. When Jimmy Kimmel did it just like four or five years ago, you were at 38, 39 million. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of erosion. Yes. In five years. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, it's and plus it's the ind indication of the industry as well. I think people are there's a lot of things to worry about. Who wins an award? So my, at a my, movie? my 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 final question here: Will we ever see Will Smith in I Am Legend two with Michael B. Jordan after this? I I don't know. I don't know. I think it. I think it'll be delayed at most. Um, I think any. I think. Uh, I think if he was going to do Bad Boys four, yeah probably be delayed he's got a 125 million dollar movie that's going to be supposed to be on apple tv at the end of the year i mean here's a guy now if that slap it, but... doesn't happen here's a guy who really was going through a bad time in his career too it was you know he had a movie debut on netflix he wasn't i mean this king richard winning an oscar i mean he would have went into another phase of his career and now he does but it's one yeah. that he probably never dreamed of and what a turnaround it ends up being what, what do you think uh, the day after the, the two, 48 hours? I know he was at an Oscar party dancing it up. But when this really stood in his mind and he has to know what's going on, he's on every. But like, is he sitting home in his pajamas going like, I can't believe like, listen, yeah, I know I've done I do. things in I my do. life where I, 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 you know, there's a great line. There's a great line of falling down the Michael Douglas movie where he says to his his ex-wife in that film, he says, this a point of no return where you're at a point in the journey in life where you've gone far enough where you can't go back. Yeah. And I think I know I've been there and I have to believe in reflection. And again, I don't want to see anybody buried forever unless you know you're a mass murderer or he's not a, you know, he slapped Chris Rock. He didn't, he didn't kill innocent people. Right, right. Having said that he did do something that was beyond the pale of, moral and civic behavior. I yeah. think anybody with a stable mind would agree to that. But I do think there's a path to redemption. I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Um, but in a long, long time, I, I he can go away for. So then while. we would then we would have in the redemptive path. We would have Negan, myself, Will Smith. OK, enough. Said. Well, yeah. All right. All right, Chuck. Uh, any movie news out there you want to talk about? I know. A couple of reboots in development. The Crow, 
has a star. It's Bill Skarsgård, who's Pennywise. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he'll be starring in that. I got to be honest. I remember sitting in the theater watching the original Crow with, with Brandon. Uh, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. And while I thought he was a good screen presence, I liked a few moments of the film. I don't think it's a good movie. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's very dark. It's okay. Um, like, it, like it, got, it really like got all I, the appeal because he died on the set. Let's face it. Yeah. You don't true. die on that so, set. I don't know if that many people are really that crazy. About by the it. way, uh, HBO Max announced that they're going to do a prequel series of how the origins of Pennywise. So uh, uh, an it prequel series on HBO Max, which tells you you're going to take every property they can. Yeah. That's a Warner Brothers property, by the and, way. And Warner Brothers and HBO Max are tied together and i did um, see netflix is uh partnering up with robert rodriguez they're gonna do a spy kids reboot um yeah I, I, listen i'm okay with that one i i get a reboot on that one yeah I, well yeah, you can get legs out of that you, can, you could do stuff with you that you can yeah, yeah. Um, um, a couple other things couple other things uh jim carrey in an interview said he might be retiring he's done enough he's in it i gotta say he is an interesting voice and he he is uh he speaks his mind and well, I, he, I do. He like had that. maybe the best quote like after that. Will Smith, too. He 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 was the most level headed afterwards in an interview saying he, he actually called out Hollywood spinelessness. Yeah, I know. He, I, I, I mean, I, I thought it was perfect what he said. So his capper is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog, too. <laughs> uh, that's sort of weird. Here is another the new uh, the new uh, critically lambasted uh, superhero movie, Morbius. Uh, oh, it's getting Jared ripped. Leto. Yeah. It is by critics. Having said that, it's going to do. For, it's doing forty million this weekend, which is a very solid opening. Wait, well, slap Marvel thing. on anything. I, I was. I was reading. I think this is going to play out the way Venom did. I was reading regular moviegoer reviews, and they seem to like it. The critics hate it. Regular moviegoers seem to enjoy it. That's what happened with Venom, and Venom wound up doing a lot of business. I'll tell you what I did like. I saw the first episode. I heard, of, the, I of, heard the post-credit sequence is horrendous. And Michael Keaton is advertising this movie, and he's not in the movie, Mike. He's, he's in, not in it? He's in the post-credit sequence. Oh, wow. And they huh. say, from what I heard, it makes absolutely no sense. He's in the trailer. He's in the trailer. They, 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 they took a hatchet to this uh, film. I think they took a two-hour-plus movie and, and cut it down to 140. That's yeah. studio interference, which tells you Sony... Let Marvel do the lift heavy lifting. Really? By the way, I, I was going to say, money. Uh, speaking of Marvel, I got a chance to watch Moon Knight on Disney Plus. It's pretty darn good, Chuck. Uh, Oscar Isaac okay. and uh, Ethan Hawke. First Where do you episode. get the time to do all these things? Where do you well, get you got to find what time, you Chuck. You, you, you do your radio. You do your radio thing in the morning. Then it's you would take a I know. Hour nap and then say, yeah. let me watch TV. Yeah. Eat a micro uh, microwave dinner. And then what? Watch a baseball game and microwave go to bed dinner. No, I, I usually cook myself dinner. I don't really I don't microwave really? anything, um, but it's really good. Take a look at it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you can't find 40 minutes to watch it, but we'll see oh, what happens. Hard. You know, oh, by uh, the way, Deep Impact is on HBO Max. I've been watching it in my uh, my ice cream parlor. Interesting. Um, yeah, that'll send that'll send ripples through the uh, our movie fans too. I mean, a, is that part of your okay. redemption well, story? Is watching Deep Impact? <laughs> no, the way back would be when I watched it way back with Ben Affleck. Oh, that, that, that connects that, on my redemption. I got gotcha. you. I heard J.K. Simmons thing. is in Batgirl. Yeah, he plays Commissioner Gordon, right? Yeah, yeah, he's coming back for it. How about that? Uh, you got, uh, you got. Uh, him you got michael keaton is is batman 
That's an HBO Max movie. Yep. So you're telling me if this movie's really good, it's not going to play in theaters, just HBO Max? Um, you yeah. know, we're only we're, we're literally only a couple of weeks away. Be- the Batman will be on HBO Max. I can't wait. That's when I'll see it. I'll probably watch it in will. three parts. <laughs> like it's meant to be watched. Sorry, dude. I understand. I'm Last thing. Big about Walking Dead. Either. Walking Dead wrapped its final episode of the flagship series yesterday. Um, so is this it now? Because I can't keep track. Years. Is this I, it? For the, for, for the original series, yes. But they're taking Daryl and Carol, spinning them in their own show, oh, and Egan brother. and Maggie spinning them in their own show. And supposedly... Rick Grimes is going to have a series of movies I've been talking about for three years. To me, that horse is out of the barn. Rick Grimes, Andrew Lincoln is one of my all-time favorite characters in the history of television. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's been so long. I don't, I just don't know about that idea. I honestly didn't even know it was still on, to be honest with you. Outside of you bringing you, so it up. So when are you going to start binge watching Walking Dead, you and uh, your daughter? When they're, when everything's done, when they're completed oh, production I, on I, all can, series. I, and I can watch yeah. them all in one spot, and I'm with no fear of. Uh, I'm watch- on record. I, I, to me, it's one of my. It's it's in my top three all-time favorite TV shows of all time, and I think it plays beautifully from season one to now. I just want to point out another show. It's interesting because when you have when you have like YouTube TV, right? Has actually pretty cool. So there's this station called Pop, right? I'm never familiar with it. So they show ER repeats. Uh, they show five a day, right? So I was like, I got hooked again in the last like three seasons. Uh, that show ran 330 episodes, 15 years, 15 seasons. And I got to tell you, from beginning to end, one of the best shows of all time. An okay. amazing accomplishment, 15 years, 330 episodes from George Clooney to John Stamos. And I, I and I, I, it's in repeats. That's a fun thing about when shows have all these episodes in the can where people could discover or rediscover. Because the one thing about TV, you forget, like you forget, you know, the, you know, the, the fundamentals of the show, but you really forget the storylines and you could watch them as if they're new. That's a really cool thing. Well, one thing's for sure. Movie uh, TV making is never going to be like that again. Um, you're not going to get shows like that, that last that long with so many episodes that you're not going to just be able to say, you know what, 10 are getting released. No, on and, and, you know, in it's heyday Netflix. when ER aired on NBC on Thursday nights at uh, oh, forget it at, at 10 o'clock, yeah. 50 million people watch. Yeah, that of show, course. Mike. I mean, they're watching Cheers. They're watching Cosby. They're watching Family Ties. They're watching ER. They're watching Seinfeld. That Thursday night was a behemoth. Oh, my goodness. It was I crazy. Um, all right, Chuck, before Quality. we get before we get to uh, Bruce Willis, let's do a quick a fast five. I give you five actors or actresses. And it should be easy ones for you. And, and, and we'll move on to Bruce Willis's career. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is 57 years old, still relatively young. He's been around forever, Chuck. Um, obviously, he's Tony Stark and Iron Man. You want to pick another one where he's not Tony Stark and Iron Man. To me, it's Tropic Thunder was brilliant. He's really he, he's brilliant in that movie. You know, it's funny when it when you turn it when it comes on cable. And you see that he's a supporting character and he looks very different in um, back to school. Yeah. He's uh, Rodney, yeah, he's, Rodney Dangerfield's son's roommate. Uh, yeah. Roommate. Yeah, yeah. He's fun in that movie. But who would it do when you look at him in that film and say, this guy's going to be making hundreds of millions of dollars doing Marvel movies? Well, not only that, but movies like Johnny B. Good and 
less than zero. I mean, he was really good in less than zero, but he's had four or five different careers. Um, and he's, you know, went well, to he jail made his too, comeback. So. Uh, uh, um, Talk about, hey, he's got a good redemption story. He's got a great, listen, uh, David E. Kelly gave him that shot on Ali McBeal. Yep. That really, that shot, he needed that shot. And he sure did. That, that, that rebounded him. It gave, it, it showed he was stable enough where, where uh, Marvel said, okay, we could trust our insurance policy on hiring you to show up to set to be Tony Stark and, and he turned his life around. That's what and, I'm talking, Mike. Redemption. And then awesome. he turned his career up, around again when he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Then he got yeah. you know Zodiac and then he got the Iron Man and and the rest was history. Chuck, Zodiac's how about Craig? a really underrated good movie. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson, Chuck, is 78 years old. Been around a long time. Great character actor. Uh, you know, if, if you're tempted to say the villain in action, Jackson, I would understand. But let's try no. to find something else for Craig T. Nelson. Well, obviously, the, the first thing that pops in my head is, uh, well, it's two things. The first thing that pops in my head would be Poltergeist. Right. But uh, the, uh, the Tom Cruise movie. All the right moves. Uh, all the right moves. He's really good in that movie. Coach Nickerson. And I would say. That was an audition tape for the TV series that ran probably for uh, how many years that that show was on. I think they did about 200 episodes of coach um, Hayden yeah. Fox. So yep. he played a coach for quite some time. And my daughter would say he's a great voice for the dad in the Incredibles as well. And I know a lot of people. Yeah. How, old, you how like old is he now? 78. Um, mm-hmm. How about Marlon Brando? Chuck? I mean, it's hard to. And we talked about on the waterfront last week. He uh he would have been ninety eight years old this weekend. He wow. died in two thousand and four. I mean, it's got to be Wait, Vito okay. Corleone, when, right? When I think of Marlon Brando, the first thing that pops on my head is a strange dude. He was a, if you read about him, yeah, he was really strange. Odd and dude. his very odd. Some would say brilliant. I don't know. I, I I always found him. Listen, in retrospect, like his his. Performance or his presence as Jarrell and Superman to this day elevates that movie. It, does, it is. It, it really elevates that movie. I, I guess the Godfather. I mean, yeah. he made that decision to put cotton balls in his mouth, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he. I told the story before when he met with Richard Donner on Superman. They said, "Yo, listen, we want to hire you to play Jarrell." He. He's like, "Can I? Can I? Can I? Could we use a briefcase and I voice the role like just weird or a green bagel? Like well, he actually, the, He's just a bizarre dude. I think he used cue cards for the whole movie, too. That's all he ever did. But I also did. He did a great job in the freshman playing off. Yeah, with Matthew Broderick. Pipe. Yeah, he did a good job in himself. That movie. Yeah, um, he only has 48 credits to his name, which is cr- pretty incredible. If you think about it, how about. Uh, yeah, true. Well, here's an easy one. And I think we've probably done a whole show on him. Eddie yeah. Murphy. How old do you think Eddie's going to be? Uh, 59. Now he's 61. Um, okay. Still, still a great screen presence. Still great great. on Saturday night live. I mean, to me, it's, to me, it's Beverly Hills cop. Yeah. Axel Foley. It's the the first, yeah. It's the first Beverly Hills cop, which takes everything about him, his star power, his comedic chops, his connection with the audience in a great script with great supporting characters. It's a perfect movie. You could argue. He's made good ones though. Trading yeah. Places is really good. He's made good movies. Well, you could argue, too, coming out of the gate, 48 Hours Trading Places and Beverly Hills Cop, yes. Bing, Bang, Bong. I mean, you t- I mean, how do you come out of the gate any better than that, if you think about it? And, and if you look at the rest of his credits, 
I don't know if he ever got back to it as well. Uh, I also loved him in um, in uh, Bowfinger, hysterical movie. Yeah. Um, all right, last but not and, least, and, and the Nutty Professor, Nutty Professor's, yeah, yeah, incredibly funny stuff in those the clumps. Yeah. Yep, very good. Yep. Um, Alec Baldwin is sixty four years old. Still, again, I thought he was older than that. Um, I think Alec Baldwin. I think Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross for fifteen minutes, um, and yeah, he was great on movie. Thirty Rock. I guess pick a pick pick a movie. And then I'll well, ask you a question. It just, it's, I guess the Hunt for Red October. A good uh, he's one. Good in it. Jack right? Ryan. Jack Ryan. Let me ask you this. Will, can we talk about redemption I remember stories? Him on, I, listen, I remember Alec Baldwin starting on Knott's Landing. He played right. this character, becomes like a crazy religious nut yep. on the show. And he was great. And I in, he was very good. And, and obviously, he's very, he has a very appealing quality in Beetlejuice. He's good in Working Girl, he too, early in his career. Yep. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. What what turn does his career take now? It's going to be difficult. He might have to sit out another year. Yeah, uh, it's, and, and I doubt I, Russ, again, I don't th- I don't think he did anything wrong. Not neither he do just, I. Just, wrong place, wrong time. Ugly media. Yeah, yeah, right? they, yep. they want to go after him because he's yep. not he he's he's had incidents where he's gone after people. So now sure. it's like. Now it's your turn. Yeah. Now it's your turn. I think that's the case there. All right, Chuck, we'll wrap up the show here. We got the sad news this past week of of the condition of Bruce Willis um, here at, you know, basically um, must have had a stroke at some point. um, And he's dealing with aphasia, aphasia, which is basically memory loss. He cannot very. It's really a cognitive disease. He can't, you know, read. He can't talk right. Um, and if you see some, and, and let's movies, be honest, if it all have, starts if making sense. Give, and if they had to give a press release, his family, you, it has to be bad. Yeah, it has to be pretty bad. Yeah. And yeah. And, and we, sucks. you know, we've we've pondered and uh, joked often about what he's done recently. I mean, he's done eight, seven, eight movies in this year alone. And I think reports are coming out. He was getting about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a pop. Um, actually, no, that's wrong. He's probably getting more than that. He had an assistant on set, Chuck, that was getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Two million. And and this assistant was getting paid to read the lines into an earpiece. I got a question for you. I got a question for you. And I think this is an interesting story. His that producer who did all those movies with him gave yeah. a statement of how much, you know, Bruce will uh, singing Bruce Willis is how, how sorry he is. But who is this person? Like, yeah. like, don't like Bruce Willis. Obviously, he was being used like a like a puppet. Horrible, Chuck. I mean, from I mean, he, he got paid. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's like it's 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 the whole thing is pathetic. Like you bring in Bruce Willis, and by accounts, people are saying like the Bruce Willis that they knew versus Bruce Willis doing these movies was a completely different person. Like yeah. you, they didn't even recognize who this person was. Well, I actually like the quote that uh, Kevin Smith gave. Yeah, about, he talked about how how trivially trivial. In retrospect, his criticism of Bruce Willis was on cop, on uh, what was cop it? Out. Cop, out. cop out, yeah, yeah. Like they had a bad relationship. He was fine, Bruce Willis, on that movie, but how their relationship wasn't good. And and listen, Bruce Willis, the stories he was difficult to work with with a lot of people. Sure. Some loved him, some didn't. But I and mean, we'll talk about it. Well, let's he, just do this. He, you know, his name is huge since since uh, Glass came out in 2019. I'm gonna read the credits. From 2019 on, 10 minutes gone, 
trauma center, survive the night, hard kill, breach, cosmic sin, midnight in the switchgrass, out of death, survive the game, apex, deadlock, fortress, American siege, gasoline alley, a day to die. They've all been released. He's got five more in the can uh, and then three more after that in post-production. Chuck, I mean, it's really exploitative what they did to him. I, oh, hands down. It's not right. I still say, who are they selling these movies to and how are they profitable? I don't and understand. It, really it. Killed, it hurt his legacy so bad. It really did. And I guarantee you, listen, I'm, I'm sure 20th Century Fox, which is now owned by Disney, who produced the Die Hard franchise, I'm sure they've gotten, they got wind of what was going on. That's why they, they was never more movement on a, a last entry in the Die Hard franchise to give it yeah. a closure, which Makes sucks sense. for us because yeah. we love that franchise except for the last one. Yep. All right. Chuck, let's go back. And believe it or yeah. not, he had small uncredited roles in the first Deadly Sin and The Verdict back in the early 80s. Um, two, uh, okay. two pretty good movies. Uh, Verdict, a great movie. And then, of great course, movie. he gets Moonlighting in 1985 and turns into a superstar and a very appealing um, David Addison uh trying to you know basically fall in love with Addie Hayes um and and then Sybil Shepherd very appealing show jumped the shark when they hooked up and it never really sustained its uh and they didn't get along at all on the set either they hated each other that didn't help only 66 episodes of moonlighting but I was a regular watcher it was a good show the chemistry was uh at least on sc- on screen was really good yeah very much screen, so maybe different but you uh, could tell you could tell he had a charisma about him. He sure did. That was what that was going to ignite into something even bigger. Now, before he got the role of John McClane, he did do a yeah. Blake Edwards comedy blind date. Um, John Larroquette played opposite of him. Somewhat yeah. sometimes funny movie. I'm um, not a big fan, but he but he's good in it. Then he play, takes the part of um, Tom Mix in Sunset. Uh, the yeah, comedy James Garner, James Garner, opposite James Garner. Uh, not an awful movie. No. Um, not and then a big John, hit, though. And then John McClane. Talk about your thoughts when you heard. Joel Silver, Bruce Willis, big action movie. Did you have your doubts? I, I did, because I got to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't watch Moonlight religiously at the time. I knew who Bruce Willis was. I saw his work on Moonlight. But I, I, it's interesting because in those days, it was 88, you're talking pre-internet, right? So we weren't bombarded with anything other than you saw the Die Hard trailer in theaters before a movie, and you saw trailers on TV. And then I saw that poster. And I, we're both huge fans of the Town Inferno. And yep. the reality is the author who wrote the novel that Die Hard is based on was sitting in a movie theater back in 1974 watching The Towering Inferno. That's how he got the idea to do that movie. It was The novel was called Nothing Lasts Forever, which was a sequel to The Detective, which was a Frank Sinatra movie. So Frank Sinatra had the first option. He was now 68 years old to play John McClane. He said, uh, not today. So they looked at a lot of people, a lot. We talked about this before. They looked at uh, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, uh, Richard Gere, uh Richard Dean Anderson, Nick Nolte, uh, a lot of different people for John McClane. I think even Burt Reynolds. And they all passed. Now, why would they pass on a script that good? Because that script is just its the greatest action script in the history of movies. I think part of it, too, is the genre was pretty new, right? So I don't think anybody really knew how well it was going to work. Oh, and Clint Eastwood, too. Clint Eastwood had the role and he passed. We talked about that. 
but Clinton was was in his was in his fifties. But here's the thing: there's a saying in life or in movies. It, it, you know, certain people are born to do certain certain things. I believe Bruce Willis was born to play John McClane. It was a perfect marriage of charisma and good acting and a character with a great script, a great director in John McClane, and a perfect movie, Mike. A perfect movie. Hard to argue. Hard to argue. I remember sure. sitting in it. I remember sitting. I, I saw it at the King's Plaza. Uh, I saw it at the four o'clock show, first day, Friday. I, I went to the theater. It wasn't that crowded because it was just early afternoon by myself. I went to the movies a lot by myself back then to clear my head. And I remember sitting watching it and halfway through that movie. And I really, this really happens. I said to myself, I am watching what I believe is an instant classic. I, I just knew it. And that's rare when I say that on a first viewing. I knew it was a classic. I knew it. Hard to argue. I, I totally it's agree. Very special movie. Very, and I wanted to sing it nine more times in the movie theater. And the audience loved that movie. Yeah. Loved that movie. I saw it with my dad. Coll a collective experience. Saw it with my dad. A lasting experience as well. I remember thinking this is Lethal Weapon meets Towering Inferno. And then some. I, I, I it's always, good analogy. It's what it was. Yep. And I always remember. I remember the scene when he jumps off the roof and goes through this, the window. And when the um, fire hose weight pulls him back. That's when I thought, oh, my God, this is definitely something I've never seen before, where they would take the painstaking time to put him in peril one more time, even after doing that. I mean, it was great. And, direction and, by and see, see, people got to realize in 88 prior, all the action movies we saw were indestructible, indestructible muscle bound guys. hero. Yep. Right. Yep. So you, you knew like and, and that's what the genre was. Yeah. So yeah, here, uh, here in this script, here in the script. Bruce Willis has fear. He has yeah. McLean is fear. Yeah. You feel like he could die. Like he could get hurt bad. When he goes he, up on the he, roof and he says, mortal. and when he says, I am never going to go on a tall building ever again in my life. You feel that. And his I mean, line reading's great. Yeah. It's perfect. That Schwarzenegger would have took Hans and threw him off the roof. And then the movie would have been over in 20 minutes and, and, and they'd be Probably. blowing something else up. So, and we it, both love Arnold, but it we just, do, but it's just different. The, it just took the genre to a, a, a higher level. And I think that I think that's probably why those actors were turned off by the film because of the vulnerability Maybe. this this uh, character had. They weren't ready to show that on screen. I mean, Eastwood's not going to, you know, be afraid. And I do believe this is an accurate statement. Bruce Willis did have enough clout where he handpicked Bonnie Bedelia to play his wife. A great pick. No doubt about it. Yeah. Great pick. And he made a star out of Alan Rickman, too. There's no doubt about it. Which um, was his first film, Alan yeah, Rickman, who was perfect. a theater actor. Perfect. Um, after that, Chuck, in 89, he would do In Country about a Vietnam vet directed by Norman. I like the movie a lot. I saw that again at the Kingsway in Brooklyn. He, he has some really good, serious line readings in that movie. And an actress and they, we haven't seen. A, they give him a different. Yeah. Uh, Emily she, Lloyd. She made a few movies. Emily yeah. Lloyd. She's an English actress. She made a few movies, started to become a little bit of a name and then sort of dissipated. You didn't see much of her. I like that movie. And Smaller, in, good acting, yep, though. It's good flick. And then he played uh, a, he a followed, Vietnam vet, I believe. Yep. He was having a hard time adjusting to real life. After that, he'd follow it up with a huge hit. Um, and Die Hard 2 would be on right on the heels of it. But before that, Look Who's Talking comes out and out of nowhere resuscitates John Travolta's career. But his voice yeah. is Mikey. Put, takes us throughout. This was a tremendous hit, Chuck. They did two more movies after this. I know it was. Um, and his comic timing is 
relevant in this movie. He talked about good mm-hmm. line rating. He literally does great line rating in this film. Um, agree. Die Hard 2 would be next. A very underrated Christmas movie, too, Chuck, because let's face it, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, so is Die Hard 2. And I thought agree. a great follow up to the original. You know, it's interesting. Die Hard 2 came out the same summer as Total Recall. And I love yep. Total Recall. The first half of Total Recall is incredible. And it was a good summer. And I remember, you know, I remember seeing Die Hard 2 also at the King's Plaza in Brooklyn with a big audience. And I got to tell you, I think most people in the general audience felt that that was a great sequel. Absolutely. It, Absolutely. it was directed by Rennie Harlan. It also had a really good script, great supporting characters. John McClane, Bruce Willis. Is a great, good Dennis concept. Franz. Dennis Franz the is stakes, good in it. The stakes were real. It was yep. a really, really, really good movie. It's an airport meets Lethal Weapon. And it's just, and, 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 and some of the people who judge the Die Hard movies that say, oh, Die Hard 2's a weak film. No. You don't know what you're talking about. You no. don't know what you're talking about. Absolutely not. Now, he does get a chink in the armor, and so does Tom Hanks and Melanie Griffith. I think critics are ready to rip apart the bonfire of the vanities uh, yeah. based on the book. Um, and it did awful business. Terrible uh, casting. A lot of people did not like Tom Hanks in the lead there. Uh, he basically sleepwalks through that movie. But I thought his next movie, he's actually pretty good. in, And he takes a very small co-starring role in it with his wife, Demi Moore. I thought Mortal Thoughts was a decent movie uh, where she kills him in that film. He's a pretty good villain in that. Yeah. Um, listen, all the studio work he did. He's good. Yeah, he's really good. It's not until, you know, this period in the last 25 B stuff. Well, I think what happens here, I got to be honest. I don't think I've seen one of these last 25 movies in their entirety. Have you? Uh, Maybe two, maybe three, maybe. I I, just out of pure curiosity, watching one man's career just kind of go away in 91. He'd follow up moral thoughts, Chuck, and everybody was ready, ready to pounce. And they did. They wanted to attack his cocky attitude. And Hudson Hawk was the perfect flick to do it. Um, a, yeah. a quasi musical thief movie uh, with uh, Danny Aiello and Andy McDowell upon repeat viewing. Although the first time I saw it, I didn't think it was as bad as people uh, claimed it to be when it first yeah. came out upon repeat viewing. It does great on your patience. It do- Here's the problem with that movie. Uh, D- Daniel Waters, who wrote Heather's. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, the Batman Returns did that script, right? And um, is going for a certain tone that some people enjoyed. And if you didn't get the tone, you really wound up hating that movie because yeah. it's so cocky. It it it, it has it such a it's, it has a really cocky sarcasm sarcasm to that entire running time. It's like his character he's playing. Um. So it's it's sort of like pick your poison. Either yeah. either say yeah, I go with it, or not for me. The good thing about but if, um, it, but the critics savaged that movie. Yeah, they did, and and in a lot of ways, rightfully so. And the good thing about Willis too, he pop up in other movies in smaller roles, like The Player. He's got a very funny cameo in it in '92. Also, Billy Bathgate. He's got a good scene with Dustin Hoffman in that film. He'd even spoof himself in Loaded Weapon One uh, in that film. Um, but this next big movie, Chuck, that you and I are both fans of, it's the buddy action movie, The Last Boy Scout, which you watch now. It's about football gambling and we have football gambling now. It's a fun movie. Very R rated. But, you know, very it's Shane Black, Shane Black, script. for sure. 
Um, young girl in peril for sure. It's going to be Shane Black, but he's and good a ton in this of, and, a, and a ton of F, and a ton of f bombs. A lot of f bombs. And I mean, uh, this is hard, this is hardcore adult. This movie. It is. It is. But uh, but very enjoyable. But I thought he's it was really good movie. in it. Um, death like be- it. death becomes her comes next. A huge misfire by Robert Zemeckis with him and uh, Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. This movie is not funny, Chuck. I thought it was way over the top and not funny at and all. And he has a completely different look in that movie, too. He sure does. I am not a fan of Striking Distance. I know it's a genre flick. I know there's some it's decent a, stuff listen, in it. Striking uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. That movie is... Uh... It's 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 a it's like a ninety minute time killer. It is. It's, it's, it's very watchable. It's totally. It it's you know what it is. It's not believable at all. And it, it's some of the villains in this is, are just over the top bad. Um, I did not like Striking Distance. I know there are fans of it. Then to it's, me, it's not Die Hard. Outside of uh, John McClane, I think Butch in Pulp Fiction is his second best role. Chuck, I loved him in this yeah, film. All the he, praise that John Travolta got. It was very warranted, but I thought. And listen, and he and and Bruce Willis, he looks great in the movie. He gets a ton of screen time. Yep. When and he goes, he's, Chuck, he's great in that movie. Yeah, when he goes back for the samurai sword and then goes downstairs to help Ving Rhymes, that's the best part of the movie. I agree. I think he's fan. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. I love that. Love him in that movie. And you know, he just kind of yeah, got lost really because of Travolta. He's really yeah. good. I agree. North came up next, and this movie is just awful, Chuck. He would follow North up with Color of Night, an erotic thriller that's pathetic. So back-to-back yeah, clunkers is. for sure. Yeah, I agree. But I thought he was smart. He rebounded, took almost an uncredited role in Nobody's Fool, where he plays Melanie Griffith's husband. He is tremendous in that film. That's one of my favorite movies of the 90s, Chuck. It's a Paul small Newman. career move, too. Smart small career, career move. move. And a great yep, couple of scenes. And, you know, he's in it. You think, oh, it's a small cameo. But he's actually got a good running. But let's be, let's be honest. I, 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 it, there's one thing Bruce Willis could do beside action. He's an actor. He, yeah. he's a good, he was a good actor. He's yeah, good and he actor. held his own with Paul Newman scene for scene. No doubt about it. Yeah. After that, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Chuck. A summertime John McClane in New York City. And a heck of a lot of fun with Samuel Jackson by his side. It's a terrific movie until the last 10 minutes when it doesn't have a real ending. But it's it very good. It doesn't. Directed by McTiernan again. And, and a what's heck of interesting, a lot of fun. It, it, let's, let's be honest. This is a ballsy script because you're taking a character that people love and you're turning John McClane, let's be honest, into an alcoholic. Yeah. A loner. Right? You're, yep. turn, you're turning him into he's a he's a flawed, troubled alcoholic at this point whose wife left him. That's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, it's pretty daring. Yeah. Also pretty daring. Great. Yeah, he is. And it's, it's a lot of fun. A great action movie. Um, and, and Jeremy Irons has a lot of fun in that film, too. Um, I also very daring was the role he took in 12 Monkeys. Really the only mainstream Terry Gilliam movie as mainstream as he's going to get. I love 12 Monkeys. And considering Very what we all movie. just went through, what a great they movie. They did a series on sci-fi based on that yep. movie, right? Yep. Uh, Brad Pitt got an Academy Award nomination for this too. Madeline Stowe, uh, real Madeline good sci-fi Stowe, movie. Really good. Yep. Is, I agree 100%. Then another sci-fi film that people love. I know, no, you're not a big fan of. I thought, I, I think it's entertaining enough. And that's uh, Luke Besson's uh, oh. The Fifth Element. It has um, a big following. I find it just bizarre. But Chris Tucker's I, very I, funny in that movie, though. And he has he has bl- he has blonde hair in a movie. He he does. He has blonde hair. Uh, he'd follow that up with very middling stuff like The Jackal and Mercury Rising. Alec Baldwin yeah. is the villain. Nobody's yeah. seen these it's movies. Mid- it's middling. Yeah. And then he gets cast in the big action Michael Bay movie, 
Armageddon. You brought up Deep Impact, which is a better movie. Armageddon yes. came out in 98 but as I, well. I, a big I like hit. Armageddon, and I think he's uh, he, he's a very good lead. A lot of it's very I and, mean, and 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 his and his uh, sacrifice scene toward the that's end. That's the really best good. part about that movie. Yes, yeah, it's I really will, good. Very emotional. Very emotional. Uh, I think it's not a very good Liv, movie. Liv but Tyler played his daughter. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's it's passable. It's very Michael Bayish. Let's just put it that way. What'd you think of his role in the siege? Uh, got lost a little bit with uh, Denzel Washington because. The, well, I, I would say I would say good acting, but it's uh, it's it's a mediocre flat movie for it's me. It's a troubled script. They didn't really know what to do with it. There's a really good scene in the middle of it, though, with Denzel yeah, Washington with the with the bomb on the bus. That's a really yeah, good yeah. scene. It, um, yeah, as a whole, though, it's just no. Nah, and and that Benning's character is nobody. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, then he would disappear for a little bit in '99. He'd come back with a vengeance, Chuck, with the Sixth Sense, another one of his great, great roles. Uh, classic. Did you know he was dead the whole time, Chuck? No. Was it one of the top um, 10 best twists in theaters of all time? Yes, 100%. And I think audiences ate that movie up, became what they call, I think, even though he's a big name, it it, it was a sleeper huge hit. I remember seeing the trailer for it. I remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking, oh, no, Bruce, come on. Another. I mean, no. And boy, was I wrong. M. Night Shyamalan. How good is, how, how good is Haley Joel Osment oh, in the movie? T- terrific. He's just terrific in that film. Yep. He followed it up with a romantic comedy from Rob Reiner, The Story of Us. People pretty much forget with Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, nobody yeah. saw that one, really. The Whole Nine Yards was a minor success. I don't really see a whole hell, heck of a lot of appeal with these two films that he did with Matthew Perry, but there's some chemistry no, there well, between it, the two of them. Yeah, it, I mean, it's Bruce Willis being Bruce Willis. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. He did a Disney movie in 2000, The Kid, um, which was a minor yeah. hit uh, where he grows up. He's a kid who grows up and uh, it's okay. Not his career was very di- His career as a whole, very diverse. Very diverse. And then he team up with M. Night Shyamalan again and end up doing three movies based on Unbreakable, Chuck, with Unbreakable mm-hmm. probably being the best love- one, but Split oh, being it. the one that was like, oh, my God, talk about twists. Yeah, great twist. Uh, Unbreakable to me. We, we talked about it. it's in our top 10 best superhero movies of all time. Yes, it is a superhero movie. That's yeah. a fantastic movie. His performance is excellent. The score is I love that movie. That's a to me. It's a nine and a half out of 10 movie. Great and then movie. what you know, and then we've talked about this before, what they've done with that David Dunn character later on. Great with Split and then Glass, which, you know, you heard some stories, too, that he was struggling a bit in Glass, Chuck, his last real big maybe studio. film. Yeah, he was uh, struggling a bit on that set as well. Uh, Bandits followed up Unbreakable, which was a minor hit. Him and Billy Bob Thornton team up again with Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan of that film. Did you see the movie? What, was, what, what Glass is his last studio movie, right? Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Um, what'd you think of Hearts War, uh, World War Two movie? He played a colonel in that. Not many people I think saw he, that. I, film. I think. I think. I think he's good in it. But uh, yeah, this is a uh, Colin uh, Farrell's in that too, right? Yeah. If out of this is this is a two out of four star movie from beginning to end. Yeah, Watchable, do- nothing more. And the same thing for his other war movie. Right after that, Tears of the Sun would come out a couple years later on. That's um, an Anton Fuchner movie. Yeah. A lot yep. of people didn't see that one either. Yep. Uh, the, he would do a sequel to the whole nine yards, the whole 10 yards. I actually enjoyed hostage Chuck in 2005, kind of a, I home, did too. a home thriller uh, there where somebody's uh, uh, the kid, the family stuck in the house. It's really decent movie. Um, Some of it's really good. Yep. 
it, it is. It's he's 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 channeling John McClane there a little bit. Um, Sin City would come out the Frank Miller movie. Chuck, he's he's really top billing in that film. Yeah, he's I don't like that movie. I'm not a big fan of that style. Yeah, I don't like it. Of movies. Me neither. He'd do Me a neither. smaller role in the movie Alpha Dog, which I know a lot of people love um, that has the late Anton Milken in it. Um, then he did 16 blocks with uh, Richard Donner. I actually enjoy that film. I know you don't like most definite. He was kind of yeah. distracting. I mean, I, I, I like it. And Bruce Willis is any and what a different look. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He's not playing movie star. Look, no, no. Um, he'd pop up in movies like Grindhouse and Planet Terror and, and things of that nature in smaller roles. Uh -huh. He'd play a yeah. villain in Perfect Stranger opposite Halle Berry in 2007, which was a flop. But also in 2007, the, the last great John McClane movie. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, believe it or not, Justin Long is the co-star. Live Free and Die Hard is a fun two hour movie, Chuck. I agree 100 percent. And I like, uh, it, I like it immensely. Yep. Timothy Oliphant's really good as the villain. And, he, and you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, come on. I mean, if she's and in a Bruce movie. Bruce Willis plays really well off other other actors. He just plays really well. off. He sure movie. does. Um, after that, he did a couple of He did the sur surrogates, that sci fi movie in 09. Not a big hit. Um, the the infamous cop out comes out in 2010, which should have been a great spoof on his cop characters and him and Kevin Smith's. You could tell that something was wrong because the movie somehow doesn't work, Chuck. No, and the publicity of that movie is just ugly. Yeah, it is. And Tracy Morgan, kind of a one note comedian. And for two hours, I don't know if that works. How'd you like his How'd you like his uh, his cameo in The Expendables? I like the expendable movies. I, I I liked it. I like I, I those movies for me, they're really fun time killers. And he and and Stallone's able to assemble a lot of those, you know, all that action talent. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um. Last but not least, Chuck, I, I was awfully surprised at the the legs Red had. I mean, it's an okay action movie with. I like the first one. The first. How did they? How did they bankroll Red Two? And it wasn't like Red was a huge hit. No, it wasn't. It probably made just enough money to say, let's take a flyer on it. Did uh, they have enough outtakes maybe from the first film? They're like, well, let's see if we can like a, patch, like patch a together another run one? movie. Like <laughs> yeah, kind of like, yeah, kind of okay. like uh, the, the Pink Panther movies towards the end when P Peter Sellers was dead and they were still making movies. It's hard to believe people could pay to see that one. huh? He was in uh, Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson movie, too. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and then you see. Like these movies start, he starts making these movies like uh, Lay the Favorite, Catch 44, Set Up. He's starting to get into these films, Chuck. Um, Looper Death came out, but Looper was a good hit. Looper's Loop really good movie. Looper's, Looper's a, really a real good, good flick. Um, yeah. And then and A Good they, Day to they, Die they, Hard they, comes out in 2013, which, <laughs> which in both, retrospect turns out to be like all these other movies that he did, right? So, uh, sort of. It, it doesn't feel like a Die Hard movie because a Die Hard movie is not 90 minutes. I, it, it, this movie feels like you took half the reel and cut it out. Um, he looks damn good in it, though. He does. He, he does. Looks great. He's in great shape. He looks yep. great in it. It's just uh, to me, it was a massive disappointment because it just. It, if you're gonna Die Hard's a very special brand for me. Yeah, I agree. Like they're well thought out, well scripted. He's awesome in it, and just felt John Moore directed it, who did Behind Enemy Lines with uh, with uh, Luke Wilson. And Gene Hackman. I like that one. 
but Owen he was Wilson. the wrong director. Owen Owen Wilson, Wilson, right? He's John Moore was just the wrong director for this Die Hard movie. Just well, he was in over his head. After that, he starts making movies with uh, you know Jonathan Skech and the Ryan Felipe's of the world. But he did do one other movie. He he, he He, did Death Wish. Right? He did Death Wish in 2018, Chuck, which was really outside of the Glass franchise. That was really the last of a regular Bruce Willis movie. That, that got a, 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 a real theatrical release. He's it fine did. in Death Wish. I, I mean, listen, I, I thought it was ill-advised to do Death Wish again. I thought it worked in its time. It was a product of 74. It was a button pusher with Charles Bronson in 74. Sure I was. Mean, that movie had water cooler buzz beyond belief. That movie that movie got into people's veins, into the blood in their veins in 74. There really was no reason to do a Death Wish movie with Bruce Willis and well, Eli Roth. Especially with- and it's and, it, and it's very watchable. It's very watchable. Well, Eli Roth's but- a good director, that's why. Yeah. And here, the problem is is the gun violence that we have in this country now, this type it's of movie. It, 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 it almost had to right. It almost had the feeling the same way Arthur Two had after Arthur, right? Like alcoholism, it's not funny. No, so it's just not. Had, it just it just it just it Death Wish didn't work. What well, what year is that? Two thousand nineteen or twenty? Two thousand eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, eighteen. It just it's like uh, ill advised to it. It's just an ill advised project to do in two thousand eighteen. Well, it's kind of sad, Chuck. We'll end on that note. I mean, he was a great American actor who who created one of the great uh, characters of all time on the big I mean, screen. Let's, I mean, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis is alive. We hope somehow there's advanced technology to alter this illness. Yeah. This, this uh, ailment, which is horrible because he's only 67 years old and Listen, he could be doing he could be working for the next 15 years. Yeah, no, I know. I know. So uh, bummer of the news. It's bummer of the news, but at least we can somehow pay homage to him in this kind of podcast. And he's definitely I mean, I would say top five characters on the big screen. Right. John McClane. Top five. I mean, I don't don't have a problem saying that. No, I don't either. All right, man. Well, let's do this all over again next week, my friend. All right, Mike. Always a pleasure to the audience. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.